We're proud to have United Harvest as one of our sponsors. Founded by farmers and ranchers, United Harvest brings the finest meats directly to your door via the magic of the internet and overnight delivery. United Harvest pays qualified ranchers more than 75% of the market prices to procure their top cattle. Owning their own butcher shop, cuts are carefully crafted, vacuum sealed, and flash frozen for ultimate freshness after a 14-day wet age process. Unique to United Harvest is that their grass-raised cattle are finished on cold potatoes, creating an amazing buttery flavor that's unmatched. In addition to premium cattle, many with the Krebs Ramps genetics, United Harvest offers Huterite pork raised by whole communities committed to pork excellence. Anderson Ranch's grass-fed Oregon lamb and Masami Japanese-American Wagyu Angus cross cattle. The Huterite's pork tastes like it's been marinated in apple juice for a week with such amazing tenderness and sweetness that you cannot find at a store. Anderson Ranch's lamb tastes both fresh and tender, like the best lamb you've ever had. Masami's Wagyu beef is like eating butter with an Angus flavor to it. It's pretty incredible. Everyone who's eaten it says it's life-changing, and it's a life-changing event. I'm offering you 15% off by typing the discount code FRIENDS15 in the discount box. We guarantee you will be absolutely in love with these meats. Please go to unitedharvest.com today. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I am your host, Jake P. Richardson. And uh, this episode is going to be one of our uh, uh, post-sort episodes. We've got a few different judges that we've spoken to. And and now that uh, the spring show season is kind of slowed down and winded down, I finally got some time to to start getting these posted. So we're going to hear from our San Angelo stock so stock show judges Jason Simpson and Brent Jennings, as well as our Houston Goat Show judge um, Mark Hogue. So we've got three different uh, post sorts combined right here. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but we will hear one word from our sponsors before we get started. Legendary Mindset's premier sponsor is Durafirm, which is a biozyme brand. Uh, Durafirm is a line of sheep and goat mineral supplements designed to ensure your herd is receiving optimal digestive health and nutrition resulting in maximized performance. This means this product has everything they need in in terms of vitamins and minerals. Um, You're not going to come up at the end of the year in terms of lambing season and have a big problem go down and be like, you know, why are we having this problem? You know, we shouldn't be mineral deficient at all. Um, You don't have to worry about that. This kind of has all of your bases covered in terms of what your livestock need to function and remain healthy through breeding season, um, when they're bred, lambing, and, you know, even in the open times. Um, Products include Durafirm Sheep Concept Aid Protein Tub, Durafirm Sheep Concept Aid Loose Mineral with and without heat options, and a Durafirm Goat Concept Aid Loose Mineral. Um, Go ahead and check out Durafirm.com, find yourself a dealer, and get some products that will work for you. So, two days um, sorting sheep. Your your legs sore yet? You're, you're hurting? Uh, I'm actually in pretty good shape. I feel feel good. There you go. But it was a long two days. Oh, for sure. So what? Uh, you judged it last year, and and man, those sheep that that were up there in the lineup were, were studs. Um, were you expecting kind of similar quality, or, or what were you thinking coming into it round uh, two? I, I was hoping that we would get some as good as that top end last year, and. Uh, this uh, this time, uh, I mean, they were phenomenal. The breeds, the blacks, all of them are way deeper as a set. The the top end was every bit as good as what we had here last year. Mm-hmm. 
it uh, it was really one of the better quality set of lambs that I've seen. For sure. And people can always guess and, and think what a judge is going to do before a Texas major, but it, it really changes the game when they, they see them do it one year and then they can hit them again the next year. Do you think people may have hit you a little bit harder this year or kind of had it figured out? I think there was a few of them that had us figured out a little better maybe than what where they sat last year. Um, um, uh, they'd, uh, they dang sure did their homework um, showing last year and come back with a lot solider set of sheep. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, you sorted through the, the off-breeds all day yesterday, and there was record numbers of sheep. And those are huge classes and stuff. And, and when those things walked in the class down here in Texas at, at that rate and, and that, that many sheep at one time, what are those things that just stood out to you the most and, and made that pull a little bit easier for you? You know, uh, as, as them come walking in the ring and them breeds, uh, um, them ones that are sound moving and walk out and still hold themselves together, and you can still read that muscle shape when they're walking, have that athletic look to them. Uh, um, that's kind of the ones that stick out to me when they come, come in the gate and, and catch my eye right away. For sure. So let's kind of discuss those off-breed champions. I think that we had South Downs, Finals, Crosses, and, and Hair Sheep were, were all day yesterday. Mm -hmm. I think Finals were first, Final, right? Finals were first. Uh, that champion final, uh, um, that one was outstanding. Big, big-backed, wide-loined, handled extremely hard, uh, um, propped up and, and still kept his chest up in him the way we like him. Um, maybe got just a little bit tighter in his spine when he was on the move mm -hmm. but uh and just in terms of muscle shape and quality and still staying trim and keeping that chest up it seems like that's one of the hardest things to do in them finals mm -hmm. so do those things become maybe more important to you when sorting through those finals and maybe the crosses than they normally do you know uh um i'm one that likes them things shallow and short bladed and and uh i've actually had to had to probably give up a little um, judging these Texas shows and the finals and crosses to, to uh, there's there's just not that many of them that are that are neat enough through their chest mm -hmm. and and shoulder and uh, so I'm willing to probably take a take them a notch deeper um, than what I what I would on a blackface for sure, and then I think the crosses were right after those right. Yep, the crosses were next and and the crosses this time was way way deeper as a set. Um, uh, the <clears throat> last year we lost quite a few to the classifying, and uh, I think guys did their homework a little better and and uh, um, come a little better prepared for the classifying this time. And uh, <clears throat> that that heavyweight sheep that wins that deal um, to be at 163 pounds and still uh, still keep his chest in him the way it was and uh, handle the way he did. He was extremely hard handling and had. To, Probably had more shape than any of them out there, and uh, really, really cracked open in that rib. The the reserve cross was uh, was one that his outline was phenomenal, and I really had in the back of my mind going into that drive that that one might be the one to beat. Uh, and uh, then when we got him out there beside one another, there was just so much more to that heavyweight. Mm -hmm. For sure, I remember looking here at the drive mm -hmm. of those things, and that's probably one of the more impressive. Roa class winners of crosses I've seen. Those things look like men out there. Yeah, them them crosses were really really good this time. Last last year I was a little disappointed, not not in my top set of crosses, but just the depth, and uh, some of that may have been losing some to the classifying. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, this year the depth and quality was way better. Mm -hmm. So I think the hair sheep came out next, and let's talk about that champion hair sheep because that thing was tricked out <laughs> like gnarly. That. Uh, 
that champion hair sheep, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen one look quite like that. But, uh, I mean, he comes in and, and he looks like a, like a regular Dorset sheep or whatever you want to call him coming in. And he's that thing's dead level and wild muscled and uh, um, handled tremendous. Um, just he, he was out there in terms mm -hmm. of his look. I don't think I've ever seen one that was like that crazy up and out, but dead level. Didn't even deviate at yeah, all. Yeah, he, he, he was as level as you could make them. And still, uh, a lot of them things, it's hard to make them them hair sheep that run uphill the way he did. And to run uphill and still be that level out of his hip and everything, it was, it was pretty impressive. For sure. So today was um, medium wool day, but we started off showing some South Downs, right? How did the, the that South Down breed kind of get you started for the day before the medium wools? South Down breed was it, it's always good to start with them on the second day and uh, kind of get back in the groove of things. And uh, the depth on the South Downs was was way better this time as well. And that that top end, that champion South Down, um, he I don't know that I've ever seen a South Down that was that short bladed and shallow. And uh, he still uh, <clears throat> handled tremendous hard as a rock. Um, may, you know, he might not have been stout enough boned and footed for some guys, or he was maybe lacking a little bit in some of that fuzz on his legs. But uh, um, just in terms of his build and touch and handle, that one was phenomenal. Awesome. And then the, the mediumals, I mean, that was that was insane. There was tons of them in every single class, and, and it was it was fun to watch. Mediumals, uh, you know, <laughs> We get into class one and we got a pair of them there at the top that was really, really good, but uh, that class, maybe the depth wasn't there of what we'd had in the breeds for earlier in the morning and the day before. And, and uh, I sat there kind of scratching my head thinking, boy, these blackface guys uh, are gonna have to get their stuff together because these breed guys are catching them. And, and then, then comes in class two and uh, they just kept coming and coming and coming with good ones in class two, and uh, I think uh, I think we pulled 35 on the initial pull out of class two, and, uh, and sorted them down from there. And there was 10, 12 of them things. I tell you, them top five or six, them kids come to the show expecting to win a show or have a shot to win the show anyway. And uh, that, that's one of the deeper classes that I've ever seen anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the, we, we roll into class three and it had some depth, but it had that class winner that kind of won that deal fairly handily. Um, class four, there was some differences in type and kind up there at the top, but they were all very good. And then, then class five, the blue sheep that wins class five, uh, I don't know that you can make one any better on the side. His skeletal build and design and, and still have that kind of foot and bone. Um, he was just a notch. I, I, was, I was so disappointed when I got, when I got my hands on him because he wasn't as fresh as what I'd like him to be. And I really thought when I, that one come in that, that that might be the one. And uh, <clears throat> if we could have freshened him up a notch, I think he would have pushed them, them two that won um, all they could go. For sure. So walking into that grand drive of medium wools, um, did you kind of think, you know, class two is where, is where I'm going to go? That was the hardest class? Or did it kind of take some deciding and, and stuff there at the end? Or was it pretty easy for you? You know, uh, um, going into the drive, I I was curious to get get class, class five, class three, and class two out there. And uh, <clears throat> I kind of had in the back of my mind that class three might, might be 
that one that wins class three might be tough to beat and uh we got them out there beside each other and uh um, class three was just a notch deeper through his chest and uh he didn't have near the shape or expression up there over his rack of what class two had and uh in the the reserve that comes out of class two um he he followed type and kind of that uh that winter in terms of his shape muscle shape and being shallow and cool looking mm-hmm. for sure so um you know there's these there's so many sheep in every class here there's there's multiple poles and and you have to basically pull back sometimes 20 or, or 30 at a time so as a as a guy who raises a lot of sheep and, and sees a ton every single year and has for a while what kind of um, things that you do at home maybe help you with that sort and making those you know top 30 kind of calls out here you know, some of them classes uh, of blacks, there was, well, most every class of blacks, there was 85 to 90 head. And uh, I think we pulled uh, from 25 to 35 head in them classes. And uh, um, <clears throat> one of my biggest things, handle. I mean, that first first handle on them sheep, um, my, my first pull comes when they come in the gate. If they if they stick out walking in, they're going to get pulled right away. And then that next one's that, that initial handle. And if guys have them things dialed in and handling right and hard and trim and, and, and everything, they're going to get pulled. And, and then uh, we, uh, I mean, we try and uh, tried to get them ones pulled. Maybe a few of them classes, we pulled a few more than we needed to. But, but you could tell in some of them deeper classes, them kids had put in the time and effort to get them things looking the way they were. And it's hard to just send them on the truck mm-hmm. when when uh, you can tell that they've they've put in so much time and effort no doubt and it's it's pretty cool to watch but there's there's a lot of people whose goal is to make the pull and and that's that'll make them extremely happy and, and that's the only reason they came oh yeah it uh, uh making the pull at this deal here today uh, them kids should be proud and i mean there was some that maybe maybe didn't make the pull that that were dang close that should still be proud they had had outstanding projects and uh, the sheep looked good perfect well Thank you, Mr. Simpson, for coming out and sorting these sheep and and working so hard the last couple days and sitting down and talking. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Legendary Mindset will be back after a word from our sponsor. United Harvest procures the finest meats from the finest ranchers, farmers, and butchers. Many of you know the difference between farm-raised and store-bought meat. Having eaten these meats, we can guarantee that they are the most superior meats you will ever eat. By offering you the highest quality ag products directly to customers, United Harvest is able to both bypass middleman, pushing profits back to the American farmer and rancher, and providing the highest quality meats to you. No coal cows here. Please go to unitedharvest.com and type in the discount code FRIENDS15 to enjoy 15% off your first order. Ladies and gentlemen, these are premium meats with the company paying nearly twice the market price to the cattlemen for their finest cattle. So... We, uh, we just got done taking some pictures here at the San Angelo Stock Show Goat Show, and uh, Mr. Brent Jennings judged it for the second year in a row. Um, how's it feel to get asked back to a Texas major after your first year? And is, is this your first Texas major? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jay, yeah, this is my first one. Uh, and, man, to get asked back, you know you didn't screw up but so bad the first time. So I feel very fortunate to get to come back and, and do it a second year for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. So that, that last year you judged it. 
What, what was your kind of feel on that and, and maybe where it compares to today or, or where were those goats at in relation and quality to what we saw? So coming to Texas, uh, you know, the one thing everybody tells you right off the bat, they always are testing you and kind of seeing what you're wanting and uh, then they're figuring out. So last year I almost felt like it was a little bit like test driving a car. Mm-hmm. Everybody brought me a lot of different flavors last year and uh, finding the ones I liked. I was really satisfied last year at the top end of the goats. I was. I thought they were really, really good. Um, and I can remember them uh, very well, but this year, uh, everybody come back with the type of car I like mm-hmm. this year. So they, uh, the quality to depth this year was just, I mean, just the depth in general was way, way deeper this year. I think everybody was ready to get up and get ready, fired up and show them. And, uh, man, it was a phenomenal set. For sure. And, and what does it mean to you I mean, on an ordinary year? San Angeles is our second stock show of the year. And then we have San Antonio and everything else is normal. But it seems like this year, San Angelo being the, o- the only one that everyone knew for a fact was going to happen. Do you think that had any precedence in, in today and how it played out? Well, it sure looked like it from a judge's perspective. I tell you, I, I don't think – I think people, knowing what happened last year, knowing this show was going to happen, they brought them. If they had a really good one at home, they brought them. And, and, and so it was uh, – from the first class of the day to the last, all 10 of them, man, I, I was super jacked about each one of my class winners. And uh, and then it, some of them as deep as 7, 8, 10 deep. So, I mean, they, they brought some power this year for sure. For sure. Let's talk through that first division. I think there was three – was there three or four classes in there? It was, uh, it was three classes in the first division, yep. So, what that – that first class winner, I think he got a piece of that division, didn't he? Was he reserved? Yeah, he was a reserve. That's right. And then the one out of the third class would have been uh, the champion in that division. Um, first division, really, really good. I mean, the first class actually had a pair of them in that class. Uh, the one that won that class that ends up being reserve division, the one that was second. Uh, man, they were they were pretty special. I mean, I, I thought that was a nice way to start the pace for the day. Uh, that class two had a couple solid goats in there that I thought were really good. And in class three, and I mentioned it on the mic earlier, but I, I was setting my heart that that was the one I was going to use to win the whole mm-hmm. deal today because he, he was pretty unique. That one that wins that first division out of class three. But to be that wide, stout, fresh, square, and still youthful in his look, I mean, he put together some pieces that's pretty hard to do. And, uh, Man, that one suited me really well. So it was nice to see that first division set up good. I found those two, I think, uh, set the pace for today for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's refreshing, you know, to go out there and finish your first division and be like, you know, if nothing else shows up, we're, we're solid, we're, we're good, and I'm sure yeah. it's probably pretty comfortable. That's exactly right. It makes you, makes you feel good going into it then, and then, uh, man, it was just a nice feeling for sure. Definitely. And I, and I didn't get to watch the second division, but I heard you talk all those goats over the mic on the loudspeaker, and, and you were really excited about those. and. Man, talk yeah, the second division, we just cranked it up, mm-hmm. man. And, and, you know, from the first class in that second division, it uh, was extremely, extremely good. You know, in terms of depth, I don't remember exactly what class it was that uh, my champion out of that division come from. But, man, he was in a class like seven deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like we turned him up. And, he, again, much like the first division, I thought he was unique. Mm-hmm. I thought the one that wins that second division – you know, up to that point, I thought, well, here we go. I mean, he's got a real shot to win this whole deal. And, and, and actually, I kind of remember, he would have been in class uh, – he'd have been about class six because the one out of class five with a spot in his back that was reserved vision. When he come in class, I thought, well, here's the guy that's going to win the whole deal today because he come in and so good. I mean, that one's back shape and loin edge was so good and good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the one out of class six come that old light-headed goat there the young man had – that one's body and width of chest, and, and that's what's really impressive about those goats is, 
is you know he was one that was so shallow but wide uh probably a tick straight for some folks uh you know for me i'll take it he was wide enough and handled good enough and and, and just an exotic one for sure mm-hmm. and that third division i remember you talking over the mic and just being like you know these things keep getting better and and you know like you just said every division you thought man this is our champion this is our champion and and it seemed like the quality just escalated absolutely so so the 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 third division the one out of the first class was my champion for the whole day and that dude walks in the ring and and, you know and i don't know how you make one any better just to come in to be honest with you and when he walked in i'd already kind of made my mind up my middleweight was probably going to win and then that guy walks in and he was just so athletic so shapely shallow good bill i mean just he does all the things that you as a livestock breeder understand it's hard to do hard to replicate and, and somebody that tries to breed them those things don't often go together so it was really refreshing to see him do that and a skeleton that was so flexible i mean just good in the move and square out on his corners he was phenomenal then the next class again and i don't mean to be repetitive but possibly one of the deepest classes on the day. That was one that the, the class winner in there ends up being the reserve division the young man had, which is as wide and square and big-legged and round-bodied as any I've ever seen and still very sta- I mean, fresh. Not as wickedly shallow and as cool as the one that wins, but that one was pretty special. One that was second to him in class was really big back. I remember a couple more in that class. That class was when we talked about maybe the deepest one of the day, seven or eight deep. Um, and, and I feel like, unfortunately, there was a kid that was probably sixth in the class that come to San Angelo thinking they were going to win the mm-hmm. show. So, And they legitimately had a shot, but it was that close. And then the last class of the day, I kind of – honestly counted them out i knew we were getting up to you know 120 and i thought they were going to be kind of average maybe or just probably past, i don't mean average but past or prime mm-hmm. and the one that comes in there and wins and he's a phenomenal creature i mean old roan hip goat or red hip goat just good looking stout fresh athletic i mean he was one legitimately in contention as well and then one that was reserved to him was really really stout maybe a little you know starting to get a little mature about his shoulder and all but uh man those things were every division it did what you hoped. You know, you always expect it to be, and you always hear about the Texas majors. And, you know, everybody says, well, they're the, they're that good. Well, th- this one was. It lived up mm-hmm. to all the expectations, all the hype. And, uh, man, it just felt good to go through it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I remember when I first came to Texas and watched my first one, you know, you could you could be at home sharing one. You think this is the best one ever. This thing this thing has a shot to win, and he's good enough. And you go up and get fifth, and that's that's pretty good still. <laughs> like, and and you've probably sorted through you know several hundred goats, and these classes are so big. Um, and when you get to making those decisions, you kind of got to go fast. Where do you lay your priorities um, when you start to evaluate these goats? And, and what's your first sort? Are you trying to compare them to each other and, and kind of stick with the same ones? Or is it kind of just whatever one seems the highest quality? So, so honestly, Jake, you know, the champion in reserve, they were there within five steps into the ring. Mm-hmm. They were that good. I mean, they were that athletic. You know, everyone – I did have one goat win a class today that I didn't pull within five steps in the ring. And that goat – I mean, I told him in class, he just kept growing on me. But typically for me, I evaluate him as an individual. I, I don't, I, I'm not much on the butt cutting them, bringing them up side by side and putting them on all in the rear view and seeing which one's the widest. You know, that's not necessarily my forte because I, I think wide is great, but that doesn't always equate to good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So to me, when they come in the ring, I like to see them where their chest is where it should be. Come at me with some width of skeleton out on their corners. Move with some flexibility. A couple of them I used today were probably a little straight for some people. But, man, they're so wide. And then, and then when they stop and prop them up and I go get my hands on them, I want them to be fresh. I, want, I like muscle. I like for them to be square. Uh, you know, I grew up in the sheep barn, so I, I like a big back, round-bodied, uh, really good in terms of their touch and shape. And, man, y'all had them hydrated today. <laughs> These things were there. Their backs were up, and uh, they were dialed in, and it was, uh, it was refreshing to see that. And, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, is nice is when you pull one down here, you, you, 99% of the time they're going to handle good. No, most of the people in this barn understand how to get one to handle like they should. And that's the neat thing in Texas is when you come down here, um, and once you get them on the look, all, most of them are going to handle pretty good at the top end of the class. So while I do let that sort of few small details, you know, squareness to their loin edges, right at their shoulder, their back rack shape, and, um, you know, it, but it's subtle differences for me. I do it a lot with my eyes, honestly. For mm -hmm. sure. So at these at these Texas majors, there's so many cuts in every class, and so many different sorts and and pulls. What um what word of advice can you give to those kids that that made their way out of the ring, um in all those classes, and, and how can they improve, or, or maybe what do they need to work on? You know, you know, I thought about that a time or two today. As you watch them come in the ring, the first impression is everything. It's no different than you and me or anybody meeting somebody for the first time. And when they walk through that gate, if if the goat is fighting them at all. It's really a deterrence. I mean, it, it takes away from the whole deal um, because that first five steps is so much about the goat coming in, relax, going in the ring, and having their head up. And, and the kid coming in here and, and acting like he wants to be here. If they got their head down a little bit and they're not really good, well, guess what? It takes away from their goat. So for me, uh, just coming in having that kind of, you know, look about them and getting with it. Um, you know, and then I will tell them, you know, it's, it's no doubt about it. When they're set up over on the side, and, and the way they do it here is, is neat because once they make the cut, if they're in the first heat of that class, or first class, I guess, if you want to call it by odds and evens, they set up on the inside of the ring. Well, I don't know that you need to stand there and brace them, but you probably don't need to let his head down and sit in the ground and let his hocks touch either, stand yeah. there on the side. Because while I'm not looking at those ghosts, if I happen to bounce by and I see that, I'm going to say, okay, well, there's 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 a red flag there, you know, because, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, so many of these kids do a great job showing them, getting them stuck. I mean, most of these kids, when they stop them, they can get one presented well. And I, and I made mention to several kids today in the ring that uh, even when they didn't make the cut, I thought they were good showmen. And uh, so, you know, you, you want to give those kids every benefit, and that helps to be a good showman, but uh, – just the little things, like I say, coming in the ring, having their head up and back, and then when you stop and get them stuck, when we come to handle them, that's pretty important that when I come through with that many to be ready. Don't mm -hmm. don't be fiddling with them when I get there. That's a, that's a little bit aggravating as a judge, but at the same time, as a parent that has kids that shows these goats can be a really aggravating creature oh, to get sure. stuck sometimes. Uh, I think as a breed. I think showmanship and presentation and all that stuff you just talked about is is most indicative of, of how you place more than any other species, I think. I think there's more control in what the showman's ability to do well with a goat yep. than maybe a sheep or a steer or a pig. Absolutely. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, we, uh, you know, we're, we got pigs at home for the spring show, so and we're as we're chasing them around the yard trying to get them to stop running and walk with their heads up. It ain't that pigs ain't, I'm not taking nothing away from that and the cattle thing either. We, we haven't dove into that yet, but um, the one thing I will tell you on the goats, it is hard, particularly when you have, and I think to one of the heavy classes today, there was a, 
about five kids that got to the end. It may have been the last class of the day or second to last class. There was a young boy out there, and he had a really good goat. But the goat was just giving him a hard time. And, and so while in my mind I'm thinking, how good is that goat? You know, and that's why we, well, I maybe walked him an extra time to try to get a look at and see and make sure I was confident how good that goat was. But, uh, man, you want to give them every benefit for sure. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, and as being a dad, like I say, and I don't be repetitive, but having young kids to show, you always, I think it helps me to give them an extra look. Even mm-hmm. if they, they're fighting or something's not going right, I, I probably give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is so you've judged big shows for a while and, and definitely a lot of them but when you became a show dad and when your kids started showing do, do you think there's anything that that changed in your head I know you said you give some of those kids benefit of the doubt but is there any kind of a different thought process oh, that happens when you're out there unquestionably and, and Jake you're a young guy I mean you're you got the rest of your life to live um, things that will change your life is getting married would be a big thing for anybody second thing is having kids and there's it's the the best thing you ever do in life I tell everybody it's the best thing I did at the same time as nothing makes me want to bang my head against the pole over here as much as having my two hard-headed youngins and uh, and my two are very different but what I will say is is every night when we go to bed and they get up there and they say their prayers it's almost like we we start fresh every day I mean and, and as a parent your kids, while they do screw up and they make mistakes, and I'm sure your parents didn't love everything you did growing up, and mine, uh, mine did not love everything I did. I was not the angel child either, so uh, y- y- you want the best for your child. And, and so from a, a guy that's standing in the ring, I know what it's like to watch your kid and hope your kid's going to win. I mean, to truly stand there and go, man, you just want them to win. You know, it would be so good for their ego and their boost, and if they could just – if you just knew how much my kid works at home, mm-hmm. if you as a, as a dad on the outside, if you understood how much that kid works, I think you would you'd move him up a spot. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that. Yeah. I, you can't. Unfortunately, you cannot do that in the ring. And and, and so, what you, what I remind people at the end of the day is all those things as a show dad. What that has taught me is the that I truly think the long-term goals of this project will, will, will pay dividend for those young people and seeing them and the work ethic and those things. But, uh, man, it's fun. And, and being a dad, it do a change your perspective on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming down in Texas and sorting through these goats. I think it looked like you had some fun out there, but it was, oh. it was fun to watch for sure. For oh, Jake, man, it was it was phenomenal. I enjoyed every minute of it from the first class. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's got their different things to get excited, whether it be riding a roller coaster or doing something they shouldn't do. Uh, man, it, it's an adrenaline rush. Blood was pumping from the first time to the end. I'll sleep good tonight, I can tell you that. This was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Perfect. Thank you, Brent. Yep, thanks, Jake. Legendary Mindset will return after a word from our sponsors. Rule Supplements, the boldest supplement company on the market. What they lack in grace and poise, they make up for in originality and results. Their motto is, results matter, because results are the driving factor in this industry. And no one ever talks about the fifth place ULM. Our product line has your livestock covered with solutions for joint health, as well as reproductive performance for all species. Their most popular products are Thick, Shredded R, The Formula, and Strutton. These products alone or combined have fed many of the nation's champions this year. The Grand Uitic Zarbin, Indiana Stock Show, and the Indiana State Fair were all fed Shredded R and the Formula. Their customers have also found success at Wisconsin and California Youth Expo, as well as the Kansas, Iowa, Missouri, Colorado, and Tulsa State Fairs. There are many more results than that, which they would love to share, but they only have 60 seconds. So follow them on Facebook and Instagram and use the coupon code JakeP for $5 off your order. Results matter. 60, 12 classes, uh, maybe 
800? I don't know. 800 goats? I, I, they never said. Mm -hmm. So last year we were in a pretty different situation than we are right now, but kind of not, not completely different at the same time. What was that like walking in that ring today and being able to, to accomplish that and, and get it all done and in the circumstances that we're in? Well, <clears throat> the first thing, you know, every, once you've judged some shows at a, at a particular venue, you get used to things. <clears throat> and the th first thing that threw me off this morning is we drove right in the gate where the carnival usually is. We parked very close to the building. Uh, and then when we walked in, this auditorium is usually just packed full of people, packed full of, of uh, you know, vendors selling anything from cowhide rugs to... Uh, to necklaces to anything you know and so so you're used to walking through the barn uh, I always get a peach tea outside uh, at one of the the vendors that I just love their food their burritos are awesome uh, usually the committees have lunch you know outside and it's a it's a big social gathering you know and, and so all those types of things weren't weren't here today so you know you've got to mentally get ready to judge a show regardless of what the what the atmosphere is and so I walked down to the ring and I told myself before I started last year I didn't I enjoyed the market lamb show last year and I thought it fit together very well but I never got time to really just reflect in the ring because there was an element of pressure to, to finish mm -hmm. and so I took probably more time than some maybe thought I should have today just to just to study stock you know as the livestock show judges you know yeah we like to place them and pick a champion but man, when there's good stock out there, sometimes we just like to kick back and watch them roll, mm -hmm. you know? And so it was fun for me today that I got to got to just hang back, watch them go, admire, not just the class winner, but admire the top five or six and some of those classes that, man, what, you know, those things are pretty uniquely put together as, as market animals. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed the day. Mm -hmm. And you definitely had your work cut out for you. I mean, it seemed like everybody did bring their best goat they had in the barn or, or the one they were most excited about. And as the day started in Division One, you know, everyone walks up to the ring, and, and it was kind of interesting to see, you know, where we were going to draw the line and, and what was quality, and, 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 and how did you kind of sort through that? Because there was every kind of goat that came out there in those first three classes. You know, I told Marvin Enzer, <clears throat> we were in between a couple divisions, and, and I, I consider the goat, uh, the meat goat, you know, by far the most recently domesticated, Americanized species of livestock so that we have, and I tell our college students all the time, the, the genetic change that has occurred in this in this population so rapidly uh, since they were imported is just is just staggering to me. I was very nervous as I was going through the day because I want to be a consistent judge, and I will tell you that I didn't want to pick little wide ones that were tight. I didn't want to pick big skinny ones that were athletic but didn't have any gorilla to them. And so what I did, I personally thought there maybe I was nervous what the frame size would look like. Would they look like the same kind of goats? What I found myself doing is let structure be the common denominator for every upper end goat that I used. And once their skeleton's right, then the body shape fit, then the balance fit. And, and I thought my lightweight looked like a lightweight. Division two was a little greener but just a beautiful Division Two goat that in another three weeks could have been a gorilla. I thought Division Three was captivatingly unique and I thought was going to be a player and was a player in the end result. But what's amazing is at Houston or any major, you get to that big division and they just that's where the, the bulk is. That's where the mass is. And they still had 
you know, symmetry. They still had proportionality. And so uh, I was pleased. I was nervous, I'll be honest with you, that I didn't want to get labeled, well, Hoag's all over the board. He picked a big, pretty one, then he picked a little wide one. And, and I'll, I'll justify my decisions today by making sure that, you know, I, I let the ability of the creature move and be athletic to be the common theme of what I was trying to put together today. And I think it worked. There were some great goats that were second in class or maybe a reserve, you know, really close to being reserve or third. Uh, and they were eight foot wide and ripped backed and powerful and stout headed. But I didn't think their skeleton had the little bit of extras and extension and build to go ahead uh, and use. And so I tried not just to muscle and widen, you know, just widen them out. I tried to build them uh, like I wouldn't any any species that I would judge at Houston or a tech, you know, a major uh, stock show, try to get that individual essence of proportionality. Uh, and and I, I thought it worked well today. Last year in the sheep show, I personally thought that champion was one of the better creatures I've ever judged. I thought today's goat show, there was so many good options in that upper end. And I personally don't think there was one runaway. And then 10 miles back was everybody else. I think there was 10 to 12 that I saw throughout the day that were real, real good and real, real close to each other. And so uh, that's where those decisions, you know, to me got a little, got a little tough today. You know, you had to, you had to make that call and where you wanted to set and move on. And I feel comfortable at least at this point, what, you know, where I drew the line. I'll go back tonight to the hotel and reflect uh, and rejudge every class. And I'll do that the next couple, three days. And probably in about four or five days, I'll finally be able to talk to my wife about what I thought and how I did. <laughs> For sure. So uh, you got to use a Grand Reserve this evening, and, and those goats beat a lot of goats today. Um, let's just kind of dive into what made those two so unique to you there in the drive and what kind of set them apart from their, from their counterparts in the drive. Well, you know, I thought, to be honest with you, the Division One goat won. I, thought, I think Division One goat's a wicked little creature. Division two had a little more variation, but boy, once I settled on that champion division two, uh, you know, and it's interesting, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pig guy and we're, we, you know, we're head judges and we want that skull to be right. Division two was a little off in his jaw. Um, and you know, that's something that in the goat population that like any, any population of breeding livestock, you gotta watch some of those things. I thought he came out tonight stouter and wider than I, than I thought he would, so I was pleased there. Division three champion, hit me very very hard today in the division because his touch and tone and spine and his natural carriage was insane mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he's you know the, the the division four comes out and i don't i don't prejudge anything I, they've got to hit me again i thought the champion division four winner like i said in class had feet and bones like a baby elephant and he was built right and he was athletic and when he went forward everything moved in a smooth motion. He wasn't awkward. He wasn't disjointed in his shoulder. He wasn't over. He just, he fit together so well and to be that wide and his responsive fresh tone uh, was really, really good. Uh, I thought he was a little longer in his stifle joint than the reserve and a little bigger in his hind leg than the reserve. But both of those goats, frame size, body shape and muscularity, I thought were utopian in terms of fitting the goat. And that's what made them uh, so good. Got out there for, for grand. I loved the grand. I thought, what am I going to do for reserve? And bottom line, the Division Three goat in terms of body and, and just, just mid-mass through the middle part of his rib cage, 
fit inside the Division Four Grand and Reserve, and so I kept them together, and uh, that, that was the decision. Uh, and it was close. It was a close decision, but I thought the Grand and Reserve today fit together very, very well. So is this the fourth? This is the fourth species you've judged. Yes. The market show here at Houston. What does that mean for you and your family? Uh, you I'm know, sure it's a goal, right? I, I don't. Uh, I, I didn't say yes to the goats just to say I I can cross that off my bucket list. But as we've talked in other podcasts, every judge has a bucket list uh, that you want to go through, and if you get the opportunity, you'll do anything to to do it and take advantage of the opportunity to do so. And uh, you know, I said in my comments tonight, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo uh, has been been very, very good over the years to my father and I and allowing us opportunities to judge. My dad, I think, was pretty pumped up uh, about it, and, and I'm also very excited to say that I've, I've had an opportunity to judge all, all four species uh, at Houston. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, multi-species evaluators, there's many good evaluators in this country. Uh, that can bounce back and forth and and uh, you know I just want to be an example to say hey we don't have to have those labels of you're a sheep guy you're a goat guy you're a cattle guy and you can't walk down the alley or you can't step into a ring and appreciate quality stock I just I've worked hard uh, probably got my first chance to judge steers here in 2013 uh, probably never more nervous before a show than then uh, and I think that was probably my defining moment as an evaluator um, that, that I'm not just a pig guy. We can, we can sort stock at a major level, have fun doing it, uh, be positive while doing it, uh, and be upbeat. And uh, that's, the, that's the mentality and the mantra that I want to bring to the ring every chance I get, whether it's a jackpot or a Texas major. Um, there's no room, and, and, and things are so expensive, and things are so unknown let's not let's not be in a negative mood let's be in an upbeat mood let's mm -hmm. let's get fired up let's cheer you know let's 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 have fun while we're doing it and so uh i am i'm excited to say that i i have had an opportunity to, to judge all four here at houston for sure and as we close out with with one last question um you know what, what was maybe your favorite highlight of the day interacting with the youth of texas or maybe your favorite moment or, or something that just stuck out to you from that standpoint uh, you know uh, when you're not a the seventh generation goat judge or goat breeder or sheep breeder, you want to make sure that you, you work a ring um, that, that is understandable for the exhibitors, that parents and ag teachers and advisors and breeders can understand, you know, what is this guy doing? I don't want anybody to step back and say, he is running this ring completely, completely odd. The, the first Texas major I ever did, I was asked today, was I uh, was probably 22 uh, was Fort Worth Barrow Show, uh, and there's a sift alley, and I learned at that particular junction that the that, that livestock coming at me tells a lot. And what probably was my exciting moment of the day, judges. Once you identify with something that you you love, you instantly settle in, and your nerves dissipate. When that first class come in, and a couple of those goats come at me, just like beast mode and cool headed and light eared and big chested and big armed and their upper rib was was just beautifully shaped my nerves instantly went away because I was comfortable uh, with with what I saw and and so I spent a lot of time watching the goats come at me that front three-quarter view to study their upper rib design and, and that was probably my most exciting moment because it allowed the nerves to dissipate and then it allowed me to focus on my objective for the day perfect 
Well, uh, thanks for coming out in Texas and sorting through our goats and, and taking some time to sit down for this interview. You bet. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, a lot of fun uh, recording those with, with those judges, and there's a lot of miles and a few weeks even in between those ones. Um, but uh, next week's episode will be with Brian Schedule. Uh, really excited about that one. We recorded it at the Oklahoma Youth Expo uh, about a week ago. Um, but we're going to be a little bit better about getting episodes up uh, once a week. Um, so be looking forward to that. But also be sure to check out the show with Cannon Brown, uh, the Keeper Pen Podcast, or Cattle Pros with Jake Scott in the meantime. Uh, but I will see you guys next week.